Dallas, Texas represented tonight. It is Cleveland, Ohio getting the nod here tonight on Amber and Ian. Because Aaron Goldhammer is filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Aaron Goldhammer, of course, is Mr. Cleveland, Ohio. Is that fair? I, I don't know about that. I don't know if <laughs> Cleveland wants to be saddled with that perception. I mean, I feel like you know, you're the Cleveland guy, right? I think like LeBron is Mr. Cleveland, Ohio. Or but Mr. now he's Akron, in L.A. Ohio. You're still there, Aaron. You're still represent. You didn't desert them. To go to a, another storied franchise, I haven't you deserted them yet because yet. I haven't gotten a lucrative enough offer, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, everyone has a price, no matter how much you love the place you live. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Aaron Rodgers didn't intend to desert the New York Jets, and he's claiming he's going to make a comeback. But he was on the Pat McAfee show today. And he talked about the injury. He talked about the rehab, what he expects, what his plans are moving forward. But let's start with what happened Monday night. Aaron Rodgers discussed the emotions of it all. Monday was an amazing day to start. Amazing night running on the field with the flag, the electric. And then it turned into one of the toughest uh, 24-hour stretches I've had uh, in my life, for sure. A lot of sadness, a lot of tears, a lot of uh, dark uh, frustration and anger, all the gamut of emotions. But then the sun rose the next day, and uh, I found myself in L.A. and had surgery on uh, Wednesday. And since then, I've been feeling better. Oh, okay. Uh, it, where do I even begin? Well, first of all, he said it's it's the, one of the toughest 24 hours of his life. That part, I, I believe, obviously a very tough day for Aaron Rodgers, the way that things ended for him this season, the way what that may mean for the end of his Hall of Fame career, or the end of his tenure with the Jets, or at least even if it just is the end of this season. It was also let off the toughest week of Sam Pierce's life, who's filling in tonight for James Steele, which seems irrational and ridiculous, and also Mike Greenberg's life, apparently the toughest week of his entire life. All of that seems crazy because, again, Aaron Rodgers didn't die. He just <laughs> he popped his Achilles. It sucks, and it's a bad injury, and he's gone for the season. But, you know, he's still around. He's still appearing on the Pat McAfee show, so we have that. The other thing he said there, though, Aaron Goldhammer is that he went through all of the emotions and he used some word and I am a very smart, educated person. What was the word that he, what type of emotions? The full gamut of emotions. Oh, is that what he said? Have oh, you was run it just the, full gamut? Uh, have you run the gamut of emotions? Oh, yeah. well, that, I, I that's, that's what I'm familiar with. I, 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 okay. I think I that's the he... only context where I know that word. Like, oh, I don't no, know I that I've ever said... had a gamut of anything else other than emotions. But I, I think he, he like, ran... Immunerative or something. Like, some word that I, I'm not familiar with. Immunerative? Okay. <laughs> I don't. That's what I thought he said. I, I'm, I'm hearing things from Aaron. I thought Aaron Rodgers is going, like, full deep Aaron Rodgers. Let, let, let me, let me, like, uh, let me ask you this. He's pulling out Merriam-Webster. Maybe I am being really cynical here and unfair. Do you really think he cried? Do you really think he cried? I don't know. Legitimate tears of tears. I I do think that that many athletes would. The thing is with it, we didn't see the tears. There was no tears on the field. There was no tears in and out of the tent. There was no tears when he got on the cart. There was no tears in the tunnel from the snapshot that we saw of him. We didn't see a ton of him. So if he was crying, it was very far away from the public view. I, I, 
I typically don't believe anything that comes out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth because I think everything that comes out of his mouth is calculated. Not that he's always lying. I think it's always with intention. I think everything at this point that Aaron Rodgers does in his career is for the brand. And I'm not saying it's wrong of him, and I'm not saying it's not brilliant of him because, frankly, I think he has done an excellent job of that. But that's what I feel like everything he does and says is for. So I cast doubt on many things that he says in terms of the legitimacy of them. However... In this scenario, I could see tears being appropriate. You know, I um, I don't like cynicism, but I am cynical, I think, in this situation just to roll my eyes because it's hard to trust what Aaron Rodgers has said based uh-huh. on the way things have gone over the last couple of years. There's just been a lot of disingenuous with him. I do think that, you know, look, if he was really all bought into this, which I think he was, the idea that he was going to go to New York and that he was going to take the New York Jets of all teams to the Super Bowl. I mean, if that happened, then I know it's not Tom Brady's six championships, but one for the Jets would carry a whole lot of weight in the historical legacy conversation of Aaron Rodgers if he got it done at 39 or 40 years old. And I I think when that ends, that athletes do get emotional. It's hard for me to relate because the highest level of athletic competition that I've ever participated in was the student-athlete-faculty basketball game in ninth grade at Grayland Country Day. Um, (laughs) But it made me wonder, when he said he cried, it made me wonder how many Jets fans legitimately cried legitimate tears on Monday night when Aaron Rodgers went down. Like, do we love sports, Amber, so much as a society, as Americans, as football fans? And not just kids. I'm talking about full-grown Jet fan men, okay? J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 had tears streaming down their face. Sam says he's still not over it. I think we'd have known if Greeny cried. I mean, there were enough other people between Damian Woody and Dominic Foxworth and other people that were in the room watching the game with him. I think that's a story that would have come out by now. What I want to know is, were there Jet fans that in that stadium were watching at home in their Curtis Martin jerseys or their Vinny Testaverde or their Joe Namath that literally had the tears coming out of the eyes. What do you think? Over the age of 15. I, yeah. I would, yeah. I would imagine. Because kids you can't. I don't think you can relate. To no, you, with yeah. kids it's fine. I would imagine that the answer to that question is yes. And those people, including Sam Pierce, need to get a grip. <laughs> I, I was close. I was close to a man tear. I didn't let it come oh, down. Sam. I was very close, though. I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers so crying is different because Aaron oh. Rodgers, first of all, there's like the, you know, actual physical component of the injury. Fine. So there's that. I mean, you know, could like, be sure some pain involved. Feel good to right. Rip your exactly. Like the, there's yeah, that right. component. And sure. from what I understand, not the most painful injury in the world. Nevertheless, I'm sure it's not fun. So there's that. But then also just the realization that it's all coming to a thudding end before it even started with all the hype, all the buildup, the hope that I would imagine you had in yourself. Green Bay wanted to move on from you. Jordan Love looked good there in Green Bay in week one. You're thinking, I'm going to make them eat their words. I'm going to come out. I'm going to prove to the world that I've still got it at 39 years old. All the hype, take this franchise that has just been, I I mean, a franchise of of horrors in so many ways, as Sam can tell you, and take them to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be the answer. All of that coming to a thudding end. I could see the emotions being behind that. And then I think more importantly, 
for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this really could end up. I know he's. I know he's saying he's coming. He doesn't back. want to acknowledge. I know it. he's not acknowledging it, but this really could be the way that the Hall of Fame career ends. It really could. He's going to be right. forty. Not, not everybody gets to end their career on their terms. No. And I think Aaron is going to come to that realization at some point during the rehab. I'm not going to say he's not going to come back. Obviously, he has made his intentions with this abundantly clear. But this rehab is going to be the hardest thing he's ever done as an athlete, I think, especially when you consider this age. This is not recovering from a broken collarbone, which is the biggest injury that he had before this. So I think he's going to face dark times that he doesn't even really know yet. Um, and I, I imagine there may be even more tears cried from from Aaron Rodgers Uh before do, do you think like you win the Super Bowl you cry what was the last time sports made you cry Amber uh cry for reasons that were not I mean you know like a lot of people cried with DeMar Hamlin obviously that 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 I feel like just outside so shocking yeah. yeah, that was. Sh- I mean, that that feels like like outside the context of this conversation. That happened while I was on air, um, so I was actually not crying during that time. But that one I can understand, of course. If we're talking about like actual kind of irrational fandom tears, yes. The yes. last time I remember doing that was standing in the swamp watching a Florida Gators loss when I was, you know, I, I probably I'd, I'd have to look up probably like nine years old. And I remember just like bawling in the swamp at a loss. And and even at that age, kind of recognizing maybe I need to get a grip here. <laughs> well, now you're used to it because it's just a bunch of losses. Excuse in the swamp, you, so. Sam. OK, now you'd cry when Don't they make me happy won a game against an SEC opponent. opponent. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Oh, coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. Unfortunately, Sam Pierce filling in for James Steele. We got to play got one as we look towards the NFL action. Aaron Rodgers is no longer playing in the NFL, but there's a whole lot of people that are. So let's talk what's actually going to happen this weekend in the NFL. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Cover by Luke Combs. Week two 
of 18 in the NFL. There are a lot of games to talk about on this slate. We got some good action coming our way. Tune in for Football Action Sunday as the Bills host the Raiders. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Let's play Got One. Amber Indian Got One. Amber and Ian, except for tonight, it is Amber and Goldhammer. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian. Also, Sam Pierce filling in for James Steele. Hello, Sam. Hello, hello. Been a lot of Jets hate on this show right now. I just want to let all Jets fans know that I do not condone any of the statements made by my hosts. It's still Jet Life Stadium. Anyway. Uh, Is it? I guess we'll start in Steele's stomping grounds. We got Jaguars at Chiefs. Amber, who you got? Oh, man, I don't like this game. I don't like picking this game. I know Ian and I settled on picking the Jags. Uh, A lot of that had to do with the actual line. I'm just very uncomfortable with the concept of picking against the Chiefs, even if they are sitting at 0-1. I do believe in Jacksonville this season. I believe that they have a great coach there, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. it's in Jacksonville. I just can't I can't do it. I don't think if I'm just picking one and we're not actually talking spreads here, Aaron, I just I'm just not comfortable picking against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Well, Travis Kelsey's back. Right. Chris Jones is back. That's yeah. a lot of talent added back to the mix for a Chief team that by the way, they lost that opening game that Thursday night by one point against the Detroit Lions. It's not like they got blown out. And some fluky things didn't go their way. I don't think the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to start 0-2. Mahomes is still there, right? Is he still the quarterback of the He's still the quarterback. That's what they say. But Trevor Lawrence is the the quarterback of the uh, the other team. Yeah, I I know they were close to beating Kansas City in the playoffs last Mm -hmm. year after Mahomes got hurt. I am going to take the Chiefs to take care of business and cover. I got Kansas City in this game. All righty. And we will head to Cincinnati next as the Bengals host the Ravens. Aaron, who you got? I got Cincinnati. I don't think they're going 0-2 either. And I think it's going to leave the AFC North maybe with all four teams by the time we get into next week with 1-1 one and one records. I think that's the hotly, most hotly contested division in the NFL. And I think Burrow will play much better against Baltimore than he did against the vaunted defense of the mighty Cleveland Browns last week. I think that... Okay. All right. Settle down. I think the weather had a lot to do with uh, that situation as well with Cincinnati last week, but the Ravens are banged up going into this one. They are going to be missing four starters heading into this matchup. I hate that for Baltimore. I was not overly impressed with how they looked last week either, even though it was very odd. What did Burrow went? What did they end up with? Like 85 yards or whatever? The Bengals were terrible. And really the Lamar didn't play a fantastic game. No, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't impressed by Lamar. Even Flowers though they got the had dub. a good debut, but yes. no J.K. Dobbins, obviously, he's done for the year. That, that's now the least buzz torn Achilles story of the week is J.K. Dobbins. His got blown off the front page by somebody else. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know. Like, there's something about Baltimore to me that's just a little bit off. And I, Cincinnati always starts slow. So it didn't entirely surprise me that they, they lost that game last week the way they did. Lamar settling into a new system there as well in Baltimore. I'll go Cincy. All right, next up, you guys, we got Raiders at Bills. Amber, who you got? I, I still believe in the Buffalo Bills, man. Like, what are we doing? I mean, it's – and I, I sure as heck don't believe 
in the Las Vegas Raiders. So yes, the Bills lost to an Aaron Rodgers-less Jets team. I know we're going to make a ton out of Josh Allen's interceptions, as we should. It's going to look better against the Raiders. I am easily going Bills in this one, Aaron. Uh, Amber, I, I, I got breaking news. Josh Allen just turned the ball over again. And, Who cares? And, They'll still wait, win. He he just turned it over again. I, I He also look, threw all, five touchdowns in the process. He'll be fine. Uh, uh, Ember, you know all Jimmy G does is win. He doesn't put up <laughs> sexy numbers. He is sexy. He I mean, like, I'm, well, I'm I'll let you say it. I'll, I'm, you know. I'm willing to admit that is a good-looking man. He puts up. In case uh, HR is listening, I won't objectify men. <clears throat> but he, he, I'm, I'm happy arguing. to objectify men. He not is arguing. beautiful. He is. We haven't even gotten to how good Jesse Palmer smells yet, which we'll have to talk about <laughs> later. But. Uh, uh, really, I think that the Raiders could do that. That is the show I want to do, by the way, but I'm not sure it's the show that ESPN wants me to do. <laughs> uh, I like the Raiders in the upset here, and I think the Bills are the overrated fall on their face team of the year. Uh, just, oh, okay. I just don't know how we got there. I really don't. <laughs> I just want everybody to know. Are you co-signing on that as well? Because you wanted to step away from our takes uh, on the Jets. Well, are you? well, I will say Jimmy G is probably a man dime, but that that's that that goes without being said. He's a sure. handsome fellow. We're, me and Aaron are secure enough to to quote Rachel, and say your that. Thoughts. Your <laughs> thoughts Rachel, your thoughts on yeah. I'm going to be the smart one here and say no comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Smart woman, that woman. Moving on, let's head to so far. We got 49ers at Rams. Aaron, who you got? Boy, this division is weird, but uh, this is going to be like a 49ers home game, right, Amber? I mean, the, these L.A. teams don't draw at all, and Niner Nation is giant. They feel like they've got the Super Bowl momentum. I think the Rams are better than some people thought. Puka and Tutu were the receivers that uh, Matt Stafford was connecting with last week in that win over the Seahawks, but I I think the Niners take care of business here, Amber. I was shocked at how good the Rams looked against the Seahawks, winning 30-13. to I felt like the Rams were pretty dominant in that game. I just didn't expect anything from the Rams this season. If you pull the names on this team, I mean, you don't recognize any of them outside of Aaron Donald on that defense. And yet here they are. I wasn't sure that I believed that Matthew Stafford would be healthy, frankly, ever again uh, at his age. And we saw him battling with the injuries last season. He's not connecting apparently with the guys in the locker room because they're so much younger. We learned that from his wife on Kelly Stafford's podcast. And yet they looked pretty good there in week one. I was surprised by that. All of that being said, they don't look nearly as good as the 49ers because the 49ers are that team. That defense is absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if it's the 49ers defense I would say is the best defense in the NFL or the Cowboys defense that I would say is the best defense in the NFL. To me, those two teams though are in the battle for it. We'll see what happens here over the next few weeks. I'm going Niners. All right. Next up, we got the Miami Ambers. I mean, Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Uh, I think we already know this one, but Amber, who you got? (laughs) I'm going New England. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Everyone calm down in Miami. Obviously, I'm going my Miami Dolphins. And it's not just the homer picking me. But you saw what that offense looked like, Aaron, last week. Tua, what was it, 466 yards? I don't have his stats in front of me. Tyreek Hill. I mean, they were just blowing the stat box out of the water there. Mike McDaniel, 
He knows what he's doing. He's going to make a statement here, I think, against Bill Belichick. I don't believe much in this Patriots team. I felt like the Patriots looked better the week before than we expected against the Eagles because also they had months to prepare, right, to try to disrupt that team defensively. It's going to be a different story here in week two. I'm going Dolphins. Shocking. Uh, I don't I, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to put up uh, 500 passing yards and Tyreek Hill is going to go totally crazy. I mean, Belichick is always good at taking away the thing you do best. Agreed. I actually think this will be a Jalen Waddle game, and it'll be a game where I think Miami's going to be able to run the ball. Low scoring, but I like the Dolphins going to New England and winning. And by the way, this is going to make you happy, Amber. I got the Dolphins winning that division, and I did at the beginning of the year. I just before think Aaron the... Rodgers, yeah, before Aaron Rodgers and before Buffalo fell on their face in Week One. Also, really, there were no winners in that Monday night game. The Bills looked terrible, <laughs> right? And 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 the Jets lost. Aaron well, no, Rodgers, there was so... a winner. It was the Miami Dolphins. That was yeah, the winner yes. on <laughs> Monday guess, night. I guess that's right. <laughs> Dolphins are technically two and zero. Who knew? Yeah, they, who knew? Yeah, uh, Dolphins. A lot of people jumped on that bandwagon. Go ahead, Sam. I guess we'll stay in that division. Gosh, it's like my Jets just keep catching strays. This is disgusting. So we might as well stay there. Jets at Cowboys. How do you know we don't believe in Zach? I don't Zach think Zach versus do. Dak, you know? <laughs> Zach versus Dak. It, Who you it, got, I mean, Amber? It rhymes. It uh, does rhyme. <laughs> it's the nicest thing I could say about it. The Cowboy <laughs> defense is maybe the most underrated unit. Everybody talked about Dak and Trey Lance. On shows like this one for hours and hours, we didn't talk enough about how good the Cowboys were on defense. And I'm not sure they're going to allow a point in this game either. I'm calling back-to-back Cowboy shutouts to start the season, and I'll take Dallas. Amber? Yeah, this is easy for me. I sat there on first take arguing with Bart Scott about this Cowboys defense where he was telling me that they weren't nearly as good as the Eagles defensively. We were having an argument about who's going to be the best team in that division. And I just never understood the disrespect for that Cowboys defense, even just the names on that defense. But Dan Quinn as well, I don't give the Jets very much hope here at all, even if Zach Wilson ends up surprising some people. He just has to stay alive in this one. We'll evaluate him moving forward. Coming up next, we roll along here on Amber and Ian. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Went through week two of the NFL season. We gave you our predictions. We talked about some of the bigger matchups coming our way on Sunday. But first, Are we playing the electric slide right now? Is that what this is? No. Yes, very good. Very this good, Aaron. This is the electric Aaron. slide? Yes, I wanted to see if you guys would get it. Good job, Aaron. Do you remember how well, to do the electric Aaron, slide, Aaron? I, yeah, I yeah. think, actually, I think I do. But I clearly don't recognize the music much for the electric slide. I feel like every Friday now on this you show, you get it, everybody in the country it. up, dancing, you know, if you're listening, if you're working right now. This is what Break does it off for a little electric slide. Amber and Ian yeah, ESPN. Right there now. you go. He's got the Aaron Goldhammer. You the guys don't know how to do going. the electric slide? 
Is, no, is, I don't know how to do the electric slide. Do you guys know how to do the electric yeah. slide? Oh, sure I do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's me? not really convincing. I don't think you guys know. I definitely know how to do the electric slide. We're on Sam, a Zoom right I now. Feel do like, it. I don't know what do you're it. implying here, Sam, but I feel like you're implying some things. Okay. Well, well I can okay. see you on a Zoom. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah, put your money where your money is. No idea how many bar mitzvahs I went to. That's true. That's true. There's bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, weddings. And then you do like the back. There you go. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, Aaron Goldberg is doing not it in the Zoom, Zoom, right? And he's, uh, he's got the arms going on. Oh, there you go. America can't see the Zoom, but we can. And that's all that matters here. Look at Aaron Goldhammer busting out some moves. I'm going to teach you, teach you, teach you. <laughs> Tune in. I'll teach you the electric slide. Tune in for college football action tomorrow as Illinois hosts Penn State. Coverage begins at 1130 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So, we have to get through the college football slate before we get to week two in the NFL. So let's talk about what's going to happen on Saturday around the nation. Not the best list of matchups. We have no top 25 matchup. There are no matchups between two ranked teams, which is really remarkable to say. Uh, so it leaves a little bit to be desired this weekend. But let's talk about some of the more interesting storylines. Alabama, they're looking to bounce back. We're not used to seeing Nick Saban facing adversity, but that's what we're seeing from the Crimson Tide. But they're going to try to bounce back Saturday afternoon against the University of South Florida. And their quarterback situation in Alabama is a problem. Because what do they say? What's the famous saying here? If you have it's two yet. quarterbacks, you really have none. Yeah, and I think that might be the case for Alabama this season. I mean, they're taking a... Notre Dame cast off now and throwing them into the lineup to try to save their season after Milroe really didn't get it done against a pretty good Texas front last week. I will say this though, Amber, I think it's a little unfair of Alabama fan to pin everything on their quarterback here. I don't think they blocked well. I don't think they played any defense whatsoever, but it is kind of remarkable that after a run, from Tua to Mac Jones to Bryce Young of basically Heisman candidate quarterback after Heisman candidate quarterback at Alabama, they finally are in a spot where they don't have an elite one. And now you look at that team and you look at their schedule, and I wonder if they're on pace to have one of the worst seasons that Nick Saban has had in like a decade plus, Amber. What I think is interesting that I haven't heard people talk about with Alabama is I wonder how much they have been re affected overall by what happened in NIL. And I don't know if people were paying attention, and they probably weren't to the nitty-gritty because NIL is – still like the wild, wild west, and it has been since its inception. But when NIL became legalized in the state of Alabama, there was at one point on the books in the legislation, a law that outlawed booster collectives, a law that a lot of other states didn't have, a law that states like Texas did not have and certainly benefited from because immediately they had booster collectives come together, pay players, the recruiting goes up. Alabama had that law in their books for something like eight months before Nick Saban ends up talking the BAM legislature into, you know, quickly changing that law because big competitive disadvantage there for the University of Who's Alabama. the most powerful person in Alabama? That would Nick be Saban. Nick Saban. So the legislature ends up changing this thing. But for a period of time, for basically the first year of NIL, Aaron, yeah. you couldn't have a booster collective for the University of Alabama. And so that meant that they weren't able to be quite as competitive in terms of the NIL landscape. And it sure. certainly hurt them in terms of that recruiting class. And I wonder if now we are seeing the effect of that here a couple mm. of years later. 
Also, I don't think they've taken advantage of the portal as much as some other teams have. If you were a big-time college football recruit, would you rather go play for 70-plus-year-old Nick Saban or would you rather go play for Deion Sanders or go to Oregon or go to USC or go to one of... I just wonder whether Alabama still has the cool factor that they've had in the past. Amber, I think that some parody is coming to college football, and I actually think it's really good for the sport. We used to look and say, who are the four teams? Well, you got Alabama for sure and Clemson for sure and Ohio State, and then there'll be like a fourth spot that'll go to someone who's going to get their butt kicked on New Year's Eve. Now, are you really sure that Georgia's going to win this national championship with the weak schedule they have and having one, two in a row? I don't know. I feel like there's eight or nine teams that I could see winning the national title this year, and I think that's good. I think it's healthy for the sport that we don't already know probably how things are going to end up going with a couple of SEC schools and a couple of Big Ten schools when we're sitting here in the middle of September. For me, it's still Georgia. It's still Georgia at the top, and I'm not going to take it away from that, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, right now we're seeing the Pac-12 look like the best conference in the back to, right before the Pac-12 implodes. Yeah, Michigan's and that's, good. Ohio State, you know, isn't as good as everybody maybe thought. Penn State's got some sauce. So, so, you know, I just, I hope that as we go into this era where no one really remembers what conference any school is in, we go to the 12-team playoff, that we're getting into a world where the talent is just more evenly distributed. And you'll see a school like Texas go to Alabama and win. Um, They're freaking out in Tuscaloosa. Do you get the sense, because you're just closer to there in SEC country than I am up in Ohio, do you get the sense that this could be Nick Saban's last year? I do not. I do not get that sense at all. Now, it's going to be up to Saban. You mentioned there he's in his 70s, right? But also, somehow he doesn't age. He is a vampire. So it will be up to him when he wants to hang it up. He's 71 years old. 71 years old for most people. Like, 71 years old for me and you, Aaron. Like, we're... Listen, if I have Nick Saban money, you know, I'm probably on like a mega yacht sipping my ties. I doubt I'm here doing this with you yeah, at 71 years old. Especially as the game is changing so much. And I don't know that he's a part of what the new era looks like of the sport. You know, we've seen this in basketball right, where the old basketball. guard is now completely gone. And I just wonder whether that's coming to college football. We just haven't seen it quite yet. And in basketball, in college basketball, we've seen it with guys like Jay Wright. We've seen the guys want to make the change, not want to be part of it anymore, right? As the landscape changes. Nick Saban, though, I mean, the ultimate competitor, he's been on top for so long. And all of a sudden, I mean, that school, yes, you have to be the best recruiter in order to have the best team. So much of college football is just recording, recruiting. So little of it is, frankly, X's and O's. But all of it has changed now because now you're not only recruiting on the road in terms of high school players, but you're also recruiting in terms of the transfer portal. And you mentioned there, Alabama hasn't necessarily been the very best at that. Nick Saban had a system at one point that Alabama Alabama's recruiting itself. Let's be real. I mean, there's only so much he needed to do. He walks into the living room. The kid's already signing up before a word comes out of Nick Saban's mouth, right? As long as mom and dad are on board, it might not work like that now because now you're recruiting kids and it's not in their living room and it's not, it's not talking to mom and dad. It's actually just pitching them. And that's where I think you see some of the Deion Sanders effect. Because I think, you know, with parents, they're not going to be as starstruck by Deion. But with the kids, when yeah. it's them themselves as adults making that decision through the transfer portal, now right. all of a sudden it's different. And I also wonder a little bit, too. Like I look at a situation like Sam Hartman, okay, because no, uh, uh, Alabama is going to start a Notre Dame quarterback this week. 
how did they not get Sam Hartman, knowing that he was available? Right. The, like, of all the places in the... if I mean, if you told me he's got a chance to go to Notre Dame or he's got a chance to go to Alabama and you think he's going to end up being, like, a first-round NFL draft pick, like, Alabama's the place that you would think automatically he would go. Well, maybe now that's not the case anymore. You said no top 25 matchups this week, and you're right. Aren't these the weeks, though, where usually something funky and weird happens? Like, I'm just, tomorrow, I am wide open to try to see, because I think one of these big favorites is going to go down. I'm just trying to figure out which one it is. It's going to be Tennessee. I'll help you out, obviously. It's going to be my Florida Gators beating Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't won in the swamp in 20 years. Please, goodness, don't let this be uh, the first time that they do. But yes, it has been two decades since Tennessee has won in the swamp. The swamp's a very hard place to play. And they will, the Gators, obviously, losing to Utah in week one. I mean, you have... Your entire season is sort of resting on this. This is such a big game for the Gators because Tennessee is ranked 11th in the country. And so you really have something to play for if you're the Gators, just in terms of ruining things against one of your biggest four rivals. And so that's going to be a really important game there. But there's some other games. I mean, I'm saying that somewhat in jest. There's some other games that I think, like I think LSU, Mississippi State's interesting. Uh LSU coming off of a loss to Florida State there. LSU 14th in the country. Mississippi State undefeated. This game's in Starkville. That could be one of those games that we see in I'll give you one. I'm not sure that uh, I don't. Georgia probably isn't going to lose this game, but I got a funny feeling that South Carolina is going to hang with them for a little bit. I could see that. And I, that's not I, the craziest thing you've ever said. And, and you know, people. I, I'm not the biggest Spencer Rattler fan in the entire world. I'm still waiting for his Heisman candidacy to actually come to fruition, whether he's at Oklahoma or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I just think like. Can you hang with them for two and a half quarters, keep the game close, maybe get a little backdoor cover? Like, I think that could be one that you look up in the fourth quarter and say, huh, that game's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. We will we will see if Spencer's Rattler can get in the zone at 3.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. South Carolina taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. Why Let's Ride can, could turn into to the last ride this Sunday in Denver. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. This is a strange direction that the <laughs> that this Friday night has gone here on Amber and Ian. It's the cha-cha slide right here, right? But this one, Rachel, our AP tonight, they tell you what to do in this song, Rachel. Exactly. So this one's exactly. a little different than the electric slide that you just played. This one you kind of can't mess up. That Amber, was if the I point. Gave you um, electric slide, Macarena. Yes. Cha cha yes. slide, Cupid shuffle. Yes. You got to do one. What's the best do- one of the four? What's the best one? See, the Macarena, I just remember, like, just the initial hand movements, but I don't think I could do... Well, I guess there was, like, the hips, right? Yeah. But, I, like, yeah. what else was there to the Macarena? I don't remember. The electric the theme, slide is the one that I would know the best. The chicken dance? Do people still do the chicken dance at weddings? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> this is going out to everybody, partying while they listen to Everett E at ESPN Radio. Aaron Goldhammer in free in Fitzsimmons. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it still slaps, guys. 
Oh, it's oh, terrible. oh! You, I forgot about the behind the head. Yeah, movement. he had to do the behind the Sam head. Sam Pierce filling in for James Steele tonight. Sam and Aaron Goldhammer both just busting out the Macarena in the Zoom right now. All of which America can't see because we are an audio medium and not a visual one, unfortunately, tonight. If we were visual, this would be going much, much differently. Uh, and, and it'd be much more interesting, frankly. So we hope that you are enjoying the party that is Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We'll see if it's a party for the Denver Broncos this weekend. The oh, Broncos God. did not... My least favorite topic for my favorite team right well, now. Oh, there you go. The Broncos yeah. did not look good in week one. They take on the Washington Commanders here in week two. The Commanders are at Denver. Yeah. Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver, joined Freddie and Harry, and he had some strong words for the Denver Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. Now, you will see Jarrett Stidham out there playing for Sean Payton, whether Russell Wilson is healthy or not. Because here's the kicker decision. With this new contract that hasn't even kicked in yet, okay, because they did the deal with two years left on the current contract. So the new contract, the third biggest in the history of the quarterback position, doesn't even kick in until next year. But this is why I brought this up. The Broncos have a decision to make after this year. If Russell Wilson is on the roster at the first day of the new league year, his money not only kicks in for 2024, it kicks in for 2025. So you need to see what you have in Russell Wilson because if you're going to move forward with him, you move forward with him in wholesale financially for the next two years, as opposed to if he doesn't play well, they can actually designate him as one of these post-June first cuts and spread the damage out over the a course of the next few years. I mean, uh, okay. It's a lot of damage to spread out and eat over the next few years because I cannot imagine they would be able to move him with that contract, Aaron, because who the heck is going to take on that contract if he looks bad? But I don't understand the logic that you'll see Jarrett Stidham because if you're the Broncos, why not ride, and pun intended, why not ride it out with Aaron, uh, with Russell Wilson, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, with Russell Wilson the entire season so that you make damn sure what you have in Russ? Well, I think that Sean Payton wants to win. So I, I think that he has to evaluate this, Amber, every week based on one simple factor and one only, not contracts in 2025. Who gives us the best chance to win this week? Okay. Now, people like Russell Wilson because he's got a big name and a famous wife and a giant contract, and he's won Super Bowl before. Okay, But his offense, the way he's played the last two years, they can't get to 20 points, Amber. I mean, again, last week they're playing the Raiders. Do the Raiders have some world-famous defense that's supposed to be? No, they got Max Crosby, and that's it. They scored 16 points. So if Russ isn't getting the job done, then I don't think Sean is going to hesitate. And I think that he has the freedom with new ownership. They're not the ones who made the trade for Russell Wilson. I think he's got the freedom to be able to say, I actually think Jared Stidham uh, just sort of being conservative and doing his thing gives us a better chance to win. He's not as big of a name. He's not as famous, but he might be a better quarterback than what Russell Wilson is right now. But people also like Russell Wilson beyond the famous wife and the big name in the Super Bowl because, 
you know, he flew, he threw for over, over 4,200 yards in, you know, 2020 and 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 4,100 yards a season before 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. I can go on and on and on. That was the story of his career stemming back to 2012 in Seattle. We saw him do it for a decade before he got to Denver and, the mess that it was last year. And so because of that, we had a very consistent resume from Russell Wilson. The production dipped a little bit in his final year there in Denver, but they also changed coordinators. Yeah. Right. His, I mean, his final year in Seattle because they changed OCs. He comes to Denver. It looks incredibly different. And so we thought Sean Payton would be the answer. We are Mm. one week into the season, right? This is week two. We're already (laughs) going to go for, we're going to punt on him like in, in two weeks in Sean Payton's system. I think that, you know, uh, when quarterbacks come to the end, Amber, sometimes it's not pretty. And sometimes it's not a slow drop off. Sometimes it is like a cliff. It's not like this cliff though. uh, Like this after this long, it's not a cliff after this long. Who was the, who was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year? It was Russell Wilson. I'm sorry if you just like, I know again that people don't want to see him that way because a lot of people think that he's a hall of fame player. But I think if you go inside the numbers and look at how terrible he played in some of the biggest moments of games, they should have won because their defense was great. He threw big interception after big interception, and they were the worst offense in the league. They scored the fewest points of anybody in football. So, well, I, was that I, him? Was that the coaching staff? Nathaniel Hackett not there anymore? Like, is it going to be a big difference with Sean Payton? We're not giving it any time, and I don't know if it's going to be or not. I have a hard time imagining Russell Wilson fell off the cliff, like you're saying, but I also don't think Russell Wilson is prime Russell Wilson anymore by any means. I think those two things can coexist, mm-hmm. but in order to know what side of that fence he falls on, you have to see him play in Sean Payton's system longer than a week or longer than two weeks. I think there is an argument right now that he is, because of the amount of money he makes, that he is the least desirable quarterback of all the 32. Because he's not a good player, but he's making great player money. And those two looks a lot better than Zach Wilson's. (laughs) Yeah, but Zach Wilson's on a rookie contract. You know, it's easy to switch off of that. It's not so easy to get rid of and move on from Russ. So I think there is some pressure on him. Now, I don't know. I, I would trust Zach's closer to the situation than I am, even though this is my favorite team that I grew up rooting for. I'm just telling you from watching them week in and week out, Amber, I'm sick of watching Russell Wilson play quarterback. Well, you're definitely going to have to watch him this week against the Commanders. I know that much. Last week, he was 27 of 34, 177 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's not terrible. He was checking down all day. He was leading the league in two-yard passes. He was afraid to push the ball down the field. How many completions for how many? He completed 27 27 passes for 170 yards? For 177 yards. I mean, come on. Like, throw the ball over 10 yards, Russ. What was the average depth on a pass attempt? Three yards? I like, mean, but he was, but he was making them. <laughs> he, he was hitting the tight end for a two-yard gain. Great. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Game Night with Q Myers and Andre Snelling. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.